Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Bonjour, bonjour, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. And of course, you can also snap this little QR code just here. Uh, we all know what a QR code is now with the COVID and so on. So snap this little QR code somewhere here, and then you'll be taken straight to our login page for the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast. Joining me, Dave McKenzie. Hi, Dave. Um, I'm here. And um, strangely enough, not everyone knows what a QR code is still, <laughs> even though what's happened. Let so, us know. Do the, you know what a QR code is? <laughs> most people do. I think most of you do. Um, a yeah, couple of other things. I'm st- I still get goosebumps from that opener. That, I know. That, that, I know. That Giro opener. I'm a, I'm a bit of a romantic at heart with cycling, I must say. It's... Beautiful. And I am super excited. Because we've got a little a special guest today. Yes, we which do. I think yes. is well overdue. So yeah, absolutely. To it. And then you yep. know him, but you don't know him, but you know him. We'll mm. see. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the stage yesterday. Stage twelve. Yeah, twelve. Twelve. Stage twelve. Uh, I'm yeah, getting a bit lost in the numbers. It's the big old mechanical wheel that is really starting to churn fast, isn't it? Absolutely. It's flying along. And it was a good stage. We'll debate was it a mountain stage? Was it a hill? Super hilly stage. Uh, we have a winner on that stage, Andrea Vendrame. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of the whole you know, saga of that stage yesterday and that winner, Vendrame? Well, it gave us, again, there was drama, there was there was joy from Vendrame, of course. There was a few withdrawals. We'll talk about those later. And there was a bit of a, you know, argy-bargy at the finish. Yeah. There was the break, 4,500 metres of climbing. There was rain. It actually had everything. And he was an Aussie that could almost almost made it. so close. The Uh, hurricane. Chris Hamilton. Chris Hurricane Hamilton. He was so close. You know what? Let's listen from uh, Chris Hamilton. He was cooling down on a bike. He's all right. I mean, we we were pretty, the team is pretty confident that it was going to be a breakaway day. Um, So, you know, uh, a couple of us were given the chance to, to see if we could sneak into the move and it was a massive fight to get in there. Uh, I can't even remember how long it took but um, yeah eventually we slipped away and uh, yeah we're um, yeah it was a pretty big uh, big day in the mountains and um, I wasn't really sure where I stood in like the the company I was with I guess and yeah the end there was only a four of us fighting it out for the win and it was it was pretty cool because i mean well i would love to have won and you know you look back and you're like oh, i i should have gone there or i could have done this or anything like that but yeah i mean i think the last time i was in a bike race going for the win was i don't even know five years ago or something like that so i'm really glad that i got my opportunity and 
yeah, I, I made the most of it as, as much as I could, and we almost got there for the win. But yeah, I mean, second place in the Grand Tour stage is still pretty cool to me. Obviously, I really like, you know, to get the win would, would have been massive. And I mean, I, I knew I, I know I gave it my all, and you know, maybe I could have done the timing a little bit different or gone, you know. But in the end, the, the strongest guy won. So yeah. That was uh, Chris Hamilton. He's a legend. Yeah, but there's a lot of uh, a good insight in this. Uh, you could be disappointed with second place. I think somewhere in his brain, he's also disappointed with the second place. But again, first time in what five years, he's fighting for the win. Uh, so in he's happy. Eddie Bach race. Yeah, Eddie, yeah. just just his his uh, humility in in all of that. So close, a break, a big breakaway, and he comes down yeah. to a to a sprint finish. But he just showed the class he's got. Chris, well done. Salute yep. you, mate. And you will get that big win one day. And as he said, second of a stage of a Grand Tour is still pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's listen to uh, Matt Winston. He's the director sportif, the DS of uh, the team DSM. He's pretty happy as well. He pretty much worked that plan. If I can play it. <laughs> so, I think kind of on a day like today, we kind of we knew it was going to be a good chance of the breakaway. So... We really looked in the meeting before the race at the parkour and what might happen and how we would approach the different climbs. And then kind of it was a big, long fight at the break, 60 kilometers. Um, and at that moment then we kind of got Chris in the break. So it's about then thinking about nutrition, preparing himself for the final, eating, drinking. And then we just guide him through the course really. And then in those last 20 kilometers, give him some motivation and, and keep him switched on ready for a, a good final. Yeah, I think we can say it definitely went to plan. We, we wanted to put somebody in the break. Chris was one of the guys that we said about going in the break um, and we finished second on the stage. So I would say that's kind of a, a good plan. Our GC rider, Roman, kind of came through the stage, didn't lose any time. So yeah, I think all in all, a good day. All in all, it was a, a good day. I don't know, those masks uh, still... Uh, yeah, I know. Still, but at least we bring you those uh, those interviews. It yeah. just takes something uh, away from it. But uh, they're being super cautious. Yeah. So, and and we see some teams are being probably a bit more. And they look, they're so used to having them on. Yeah. I guess so. We, it's hard for us to appreciate really now yeah. in Australia, isn't it? Um, with Absolutely. What's going on there? So overall, Team DSM. Uh, yeah, big good tick. performance. Yeah, big tick. And they're it's a long way to go. Yeah. We're, we're literally halfway. Yeah. Aren't we? Just over. I tell you what, there's a, a, a question here that came yeah. in. Uh, what is the name of the man who interviews the writers in English, French, German, Spanish, and German, it, Italian, German? Really? I don't know. About German. Do you we'll, mean? We'll find out. Julie, do you mean this? Again, was it a mountain stage today? What did you think when uh, Ciccone and then uh, Nibali attacked in a downhill, Filippo? Uh, congratulations, you have uh, extended your lead. What came through your mind? before that uh, time bonus sprint. Tim, this was uh, your first chance to uh, target a stage in the Grand Tour and you didn't miss out. How do you feel? What was your goal, the stage win or the Maglia Rosa? You climbed a lot. Was it a mountain stage today? Did it feel like a mountain stage? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're cheeky. I'm You're cheeky. Uh, Julie, thank you for uh, asking this question. The man himself is called Jean-François Kenet. Is yeah, that right? That'll, so, that'll do. Yeah, he's, he's so a how gem. do you say it? How do you say I it? say, oh, well, I, I actually say Jeff. The, the, the yeah, he's your mate. Yeah, I, I, I call him Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Kenet. Jeff Kenet. <laughs> Jean-François Kenet. And guess what, Julie? He's with us. How are you, Jean-François? All the way from, from Italy. Uh, you see, people notice you uh, on, on our broadcast. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, y you can say Jeff Kenneth. It's a, it's a originally Kenneth because uh, I'm a Frenchman, but from uh, Brittany, where the Tour de France will uh, kick off this year. And uh, people there, like um, my, my mum, they, they pronounce the T. Okay, so really? Kenneth is fine. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I ever knew that, Jeff. <laughs> So wow. you're the you're the man behind all those questions, the man behind the the, the voice that we hear every day at the end of, of the stages. Uh, you've been doing this for so long. Tell us your passion about cycling. It starts from a, a very young age, I believe. Well, it's yeah, probably uh, from be before I was born because I was told that uh, I was taken to bike races before. Um, <clears throat> Uh, look, the, the Tour de France will start from Brest, my hometown, this year, but uh, uh, it was the case already in 1974, and uh, I was there as a young uh, spectator with uh, with my dad. And yeah, I followed cycling uh, all along, uh, not only cycling, but yeah, all of cycling. Jeff, um, as you know, and I know, I've known you a long time now, but you've also had this sort of love affair with Australian cyclists over the years and generations and I think Brad McGee was one of the first possibly even before that uh, cyclists that you've helped out you've helped out many Aussie cyclists what what was it for you that gelled towards Australian cyclists uh, so long ago well um, the person who is uh, guilty for that is uh, our colleague uh, Rupert Guinness who uh, I worked with uh, about 30 years ago and uh, when I first met him um, at Paris Bay, I told him, oh, uh, Australia, oh, that's uh, too far away. I will never go there. <laughs> and then uh, he moved back to Australia. And uh, since uh, we were good mates, um, I decided to, um, to go on holiday uh, to Australia to see him because then he was based in Australia and no longer in Europe. And, uh, yeah, I got to meet... Um, uh, a few uh, Australian cyclists and uh, in the 90s um, uh, these guys had uh, no connection to uh, become pros in Europe and uh, I've had a few you named uh, Brad McGee the, uh, he was the the first of uh, now long history and uh, let's say the the last one I I wouldn't say help but uh, yeah I welcome him had him at home when he was a junior and that was 10 years ago and that was a uh, Caleb Ewan so when he when he wins uh, stages at the Giro, uh, uh, I'm not only uh, an interviewer, I'm still a, a super fan as well. Yeah, yeah actually, I was going to ask you, uh, did that change for you to now be able to do all the interviews at the end? And then you see uh, guys that you help, like Caleb Ewan, uh, it must be a, a bit different than interviewing any other rider when you know that you were at, at the beginning of, of their journey back or in Europe. Yeah, Caleb is uh, super professional in uh, interviews and uh, he knows how to make a difference. But uh, some of them, uh, sometimes I tell them before the interview, look, you're not talking to me. You are talking to uh, the audience. Yeah, that's that's very true because you are, you're doing the interviews. A lot of people probably don't realize you're doing the English interviews around the whole world, not just to Australia. It just so is the case that we obviously know you here, but it's, you're going around the world, aren't you? So there's a fair bit of pressure, I guess, on your shoulders to make sure you deliver something for the audience. Yeah, I try to uh, make myself understandable. Uh, as you said before... Um, it's a curse. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> as you said before, we are, we are now using a mask. And uh, 
when when you see on the pictures that uh, Egan Bernal uh, is asking again what was the question uh, <laughs> it's it's because of the mask yeah <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> uh, now, it, it, when you when you look back at all those years and then you compare the 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 riders you've helped so you, if we go from Brad McGee to to Caleb Ewan, do you see a difference on how the riders approach cycling approach their career and probably approach the presence in Europe the, the need to be in Europe to be present in that scene is there a difference in the years yeah it's 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 completely different because uh, uh, now uh, thanks uh, to you guys SBS um, the, the the young Aussies they they know the racing as much as uh, Europeans do and with all the um, social networks um, there's there's no there's not this big uh, barrier that there, there was before and when uh, when they are in Europe they can also uh, communicate with uh, their families and their friends so um, yeah the communication that we have uh, is uh, is completely different and now when they come for an interview uh, they are they are very prepared also and uh, and they are they are usually very good at it Uh, yeah, they they are, and I mean, you must have seen a, I think, like myself, Jeff, a, a huge change. And the one, the one big change for me, which makes it easier for people like me, but I don't think it's necessarily a great thing. All these young pros, and even the older pros, they all speak quite good English. Whereas 10, 20 years ago, it was very hard to get a non-English speaking athlete to speak quite good English. So you must have noticed that a lot now, because you get, you pretty much get to interview. Just about every rider in English um, post-stage, no matter whether they're the stage winner, <clears throat> excuse me, the leader, or wearing one of the jerseys. Yeah, you must remember, David, when you when you first came to Europe, the only official language uh, of cycling was French, uh, <laughs> because uh, it, it, this sport was a bit of a French invention, and the, the UCI was created in Paris in uh, 1900. Um, but Um, when we changed Millennium, uh, the UCI also um, uh, got a second official language, which is uh, English. And uh, the sport has become uh, more and more international, um, thanks to uh, Australians, Americans, um, all the English-speaking cyclists and media. Lots of uh, medias from the English-speaking world have uh, embraced uh, cycling. So now when we do these um, international signal interviews, uh, we, we try to do it for, for the whole world and, uh, and that's in English. So the, the formula we have now is uh, if the rider can speak English, we, uh, we do most of the interview in English, but because uh, the same interview um, is received in his uh, country, we ask the rider to, uh, conclude with one uh, sentence uh, in, his, in his own language. That's why with Bernal, we, we start in English and then we have a, a few words in Spanish. Or the other day I asked uh, Sagan to uh, speak some Slovakian, but I was not even able to say thank you in Slovakian. <laughs> uh, you did well. Yeah. We, we saw that. And uh, he, he said a few lines, actually, uh, Peter, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, in, in, uh, in This Giro, this year, if we just concentrate on this Giro, Bernal is in pink. There's been a, a few changes uh, in the GC uh, department, uh, but Bernal looks very solid uh, as from now. What What is your reading on the race and the you know, inverted comma domination of Bernal so far in this category? 
Bernal is uh, as uh, solid as uh, Simon Yates was uh, three years ago, and uh, Simon Yates uh, finished the Giro one hour and 21 minutes before, behind uh, Chris Froome. So, uh, yes, uh, Bernal looks uh, very good. Of course, uh, he's got the best team with uh, Ineos, even though um, they have lost uh, their main uh, helper, Pavel Sivakov. Uh, if we, the picture of the Giro now is that uh, Bernal is going to win, but we, we know the Giro pretty well and uh, many things can still happen. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, they won't fool you, will they, Jeff? <laughs> uh, likewise me, because I've been saying all yeah. along, uh, a few years ago, Simon Yates was not going to lose the Giro d'Italia four or five days out, and uh, and then we saw what what unfolded. So then we always talk about the final week, the final four or five days, and I tell you who caught my attention last night, overnight. I know he's still a fair way off the pace. Vincenzo Nibali, he went on the attack. What did you make of that? Well, he's uh, just uh, over four minutes um, behind Bernal. Uh, which was which year was that? 2016. He was also he was also more than four minutes uh, behind uh, Steven Kreisweg uh, at uh, with four or five days to go. End of, end of stage eighteen. I looked at it. He was four minutes and forty seconds behind. Yeah. So he yeah. in theory he can still do it, can't he? Uh, yeah. Except that he's got uh, five more years, and uh, there are a long, a young, a lot of uh, young guys. Who, uh, who are probably uh, uh, stronger than him now for the mountains. But the, the good thing with Nibali is uh, that uh, he never completely gives up and uh, still uh, puts on big show like uh, like we saw yesterday. So we, we, we will see more of uh, Vincenzo by the end of the Giro. I don't know how much he can deliver, but uh, yeah, uh, his career is not over yet. Hmm. And what's your take on uh, on all the young guys like you, you just mentioned? We we've been uh, looking like two old blokes uh, looking at those. <laughs> we 20, are. Yeah, right? we, we know are. we are. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, but now you know all those twenty years old, twenty one years old are now submerging the sport literally. Uh, what's your reading on it? Is that really? Are we really at a really a change of an era? Uh, definitely. Um, it it looks like I I don't know anything in. Uh, uh, physiology or training or whatever. It looks like uh, <coughs> coaches have uh, methods now to make uh, riders perform uh, younger than they, that it could be uh, 10 or 20 years ago. Um, yeah, it's huge technology, also um, information. Uh, the, the young riders uh, know much more uh, at a younger age, so they don't have to uh, go through all the process of learning and learning by losing. So because they know before, now they can uh, they can win early. And uh, yeah, we will see um, how young the the winner of the Giro will be. Uh, Vlasov is still very young. Uh, Evenepoel is uh, super young. Uh, yeah, they they are impressive. Yeah, yeah. There is a question here uh, for, for you, actually, for, for the Couch Peloton, but for you as well. If Bernal wins the Giro, should Ineos take him to the Tour de France? or get, Should they get him prepared for the, the Vuelta to sort of uh, loop the loop and get the three Grand Tours under his belt? My understanding is that Ineos is uh, preparing the Vuelta with uh, Adam Yates. And um, Ineos has uh, a super team for the Tour de France, but... Um, if they don't bring Bernal, do they have uh, someone for winning, really? Um, 
of course, again, Thomas has uh, won the tour before. Uh, Richie Porte is uh, of the same level. But uh, against uh, Roglic and uh, Pogacar, uh, they might have the super team and not have the man to win it. And their man to win it uh, is Bernal, providing that he, he, he recovers on time for the Giro. But the interesting thing is, for a few years now, we have um, thought that uh, Giro Tour is uh, out of question. People were not even considering it. And uh, if uh, one team is uh, able to uh, get someone to win Giro Tour, it's uh, Ineos with all the, the technology they have and, um, and the, the power they have because they have the biggest budget. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, let's listen to uh, Egan Bernal. He's, uh, he's with you, actually, uh, yesterday. Uh, that was Egan Bernal in pink straight after the stage yesterday. There was a lot of uh, elevation today. I think it was a really hard day for everyone. So, yeah, we are happy because uh, yeah, we finished well. And, but, yeah, it was a really tough stage. What did you think when uh, Ciccone and then uh, Nibali attacked in a downhill? Actually, they attack in, in, the, in the uphill, but uh, yeah, we close, we close the gap because actually the the motor was really close to, to them. So yeah, we close the the, the, the the gap really fast, and and then yeah, uh, Nivali he attack again uh, in the downhill, but uh, we don't want to to take uh, the, the the risk, you know, to to follow him. So I think we did well. You already have uh, more. Malia Rosa than you had yellow jersey at the Tour de France. Are you happy that tomorrow you will have a flat day? Uh, tomorrow what? You will have a flat stage? Uh, yes, for sure, for sure. I, I think we need uh, the, the flat stage for sure, but I mean, sometimes uh, this kind of stages are the more difficult. So anyway, we need to, to be focused. Uh, this is a Grand Tour and for the GC guys, there is not uh, an easy day, you know, so we need to go full every day. So for tomorrow, again, we need to, to be really focused. So that was uh, Egan Bernal here in there. So he's talking about the, the stage, of course, yesterday. In there, there was a great question of you, Jean-Francois. He's got more pink jerseys, that yellow jerseys on his wall now, uh, on his virtual wall. Uh, the guy is, is really developing. Uh, do you see a, a, a difference in him from two years ago that now? He was really shy before in the interviews, but now he's, how is he when you approach the interview with him? I don't think he was shy. Uh, he, he didn't have much uh, experience of uh, TV interviews, but I, I got to um, uh, meet him uh, at the Tour de Rancawi in Malaysia in uh, 2017, and we had a, a long interview. And he was uh, he was already fantastic. He was uh, he had a lot to say. Um, this guy is uh, not only uh, a good athlete; he, he's, he's got a brain too. And uh, let's remember that uh, when he was. Uh, I think 18, uh, he gave up cycling because uh, he was a mountain biker and uh, he didn't uh, get the, the world title that he was uh, hoping for after finishing third at the Mountain Bike World Championship as a first-year junior. So he gave up cycling to uh, become a journalist. And he, mm. he, he went uh, to university in uh, Bogota. And um, at his own initiative, he was going to the parliament in uh, Bogota to uh, follow the discussions of the parliament and uh, write, uh, write a story about that. 
So uh, we are talking about uh, someone who is also very uh, interested in uh, information and communication. And that's why now with a little bit of uh, experience of uh, interviews, it is quite fantastic when we question him. Yeah. And well, he's English too. I think I remember him at Two Down Under, I think his first year. And he was, yeah, he probably wasn't that super confident with his English, but even his English has improved yeah, absolutely. a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. Thank you, uh, Jean-François, for joining us uh, here all the way from Italy. It looks quite sunny outside. Tell us uh, a bit more about the weather today and then the, the stage. We'll debrief the stage coming up tonight. Flat yeah, it looks as like... a pizza, pancake. You're from Brittany. Are you more flat as a pizza, flat as, a, as, a, as a pancake for tonight? Yeah, it will be pizza tonight. But yeah, we, we have a beautiful day here. Uh, it's, uh, it's a flat stage uh, arriving in uh, Verona, which is... Uh, Elia Viviani's uh, hometown. You know, Elia Viviani has not won uh, uh, a sprint yet. And uh, yesterday he was uh, nominated as a flag bearer for Italy at the Olympic, Olympic Games in Tokyo. Yeah, well, so uh, all the pressure is on Viviani today. All of Italy is expecting Viviani to win. So that, that's one for our boss, uh, Catherine Willen. She's always looking at yeah. our, our podcast and for the tips. Viviani for you, uh, Kath. This is this is all the way from the mouth of Jean-François. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You just let the cat out of the bag, Jeff. Yeah. I'm not too happy. <laughs> hey, uh, it is good to chat to you, Jeff. You know what? I have one wish that uh, hopefully yourself and other journalists, we get you back over here. I'm hoping next January and we have a full allotment of racing and then also the World Championships in Australia. Hope to see you then, mate. Stay well and uh, keep doing that great job. Sure, thank, thank you. you for joining you us, too, guys. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. He's a legend. <laughs> he is a legend. He, you know what? He, um, I think I said to you offline, but I think when I first met Jeff, we we ended up in the, um, is it the Mur de Bretagne? Mur de Bretagne. Mur de Bretagne. Bretagne a yeah. series of one day races, and I stayed at his grandmother's. Yeah. Okay. He billeted <laughs> us out everywhere, and apparently okay. I got the good spot. And I and myself and one or two others, we stayed at his grandmother's in this beautiful little village. Uh huh. And uh, but he basically organised the whole racing. It was a national team, uh-huh. but he helped out and he just said, "I want to help out to the national team." And he said, "I can find them accommodation because we basically didn't have much so of a budget." Maybe I'm a bit different, but I actually helped Jean-François. I wasn't helped by Jean-François, but I drove Jean-François when the worlds were in Geelong. Yeah. Uh, I took him in my car, or the SBS car, and we went to the Belgium team presentation where. Gilbert was all in the forefront and I drove him over there. So I actually helped Jean-Francois. You know, <laughs> everyone else has been helped Help, by him. Oh, yeah, we've <laughs> all been helped. You actually helped him. Super domestic or what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not bad, not bad. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to uh, to racing. Uh, yes. There's a, f- a lot of things that have happened in the stage uh, yesterday uh, and we'll move on to the, the, the stage tonight. But uh, the marquee, this man, former yes. pink uh, jersey wearer this year, we, we saw the, the emotion he had when he finally got pink. And yesterday, he had a very bad crash. We didn't see the image. No. We saw the aftermath. But what can you tell us about his situation? He's okay. He's but okay. He's, he's fairly broken. He crashed on his own, broken collarbone. They thought he may have hit his head and so concussion. So they were concerned about that. The team then released a statement afterwards, which you can see. Broken collarbone, six ribs. Ribs are easy to break, by the way, in yeah. cycling. I, think I, didn't even know we had, rib, I didn't even know we had that many ribs. Yeah, I didn't know we had six. <laughs> six ribs and two vertebrae, I think it is. Yeah, two, I think it so, is. Yeah. So he's going to be in a world of pain for yeah. 
quite some time. And he's such a nice guy and such yeah. a shame because he, it he, is a shame. We remember the emotion he had again when when he got finally got that uh, pink jersey. Actually, with uh, Jean-François, he didn't yeah. break down, but he you could see he was raw oh, emotion. Very, raw. very eloquent yeah. in in what he the way he he, he describes his emotions yeah, and absolutely. Um, the highs and lows of a grand tour. Hey? Yeah. Maliadolza one day and then boom. And out in hospital the next. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, a bit of argy-bargy happened uh, in between uh, Brambilla and uh, our almost very own Bennett, yeah. I was going to say. Don't pick on our cousin. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not you, Brambilla. <laughs> so tell us what happened here. There's two statements that you can see on screen. Uh, first one is the um, – is the so in the middle, you've got the, the screen grab of uh, the article from uh, Cycling Central. Uh, but there's a statement here from Brambilla that said he's got nothing to say. Uh, that was before his relegation was decided. And he just said, just ask George Bennett how to lose the race. Oh, Sometimes it's better to watch the racing on TV so that you can learn from it. That's a bit pinchy. Boom. And yeah. then what did Bennett say? Well, Bennett, Bennett uh, replied uh, by saying, "It's uh, I'm not going to win the sprint, so I have to gamble. Uh, if I was a fast guy, I would have ridden uh, differently. Yeah. Uh, and I tried to uh, cover everything. But if you're 58 kilos and struggle to break 1,000 watts, then what's the point of keeping it together? And, it's pretty and, sensible. And by the way, that's George Bennett yeah. just after he's jumped out of the pool with a pair of overalls on at 58 <laughs> kilograms. <Yeah. laughs> Take that, strip him away. He's probably yeah. at 55. Yeah. Um, what do you read in Well, the, look, He's right. George Bennett, George Bennett is correct. Brambilla got frustrated. Uh, just, And I'm not trying to dig it into Brambilla, but the nickname we had for Brambilla a few years ago was Boxing Brambilla. Okay. He got kicked out of the Vuelta Espana for having fisty he's cuffs got a with bit a of rider. A temper. He's got a bit of fiery side to him. Yeah. Look, he's been pretty good the last few years. However, if you re-watch that sprint between himself and Bennett for third place, by the way, he totally checked Bennett, gave yeah. him a big hook. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, he had to be relegated. He was frustrated because Bennett's sitting on. As Bennett said, he was not going to win the sprint, so he had to gamble yeah. and try something else. And is, so, uh, we also have to revert back to a few kilometers before where the break, the breakaway split. Yeah. And those two didn't want to, no, to work not, together. Neither, yeah, and Brambella wanted Bennett to come through, I yeah. guess, and he wouldn't. So, so what do you do? It's coming from way beyond that just this uh, happened. Uh, but yeah. you know what? This is cycling, I guess. Gives us, gives you us entertainment. <laughs> it, fills, it fills three minutes of our show. Yeah, so absolutely. It's absolutely. Good. <laughs> uh, whilst we have uh, to talk about uh, before talking about the stage tonight, uh, Grace Brown. Yes. Grace Brown. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Super result in, in Spain. Yeah. And also super result because she's been selected in the Australian team for, for the Olympics. Squad, yeah. Let's listen to Grace Brown. Uh, it's been an awesome day today. Um, I woke up this morning to the announcement that I've been selected for the Olympic Games um, and then went into today's race, first stage of well to Burgos and um, yeah we had a really strong team plan we wanted to split it in the crosswinds and then set me up for the final climb um, which I attacked on the top of and uh, got away with a group two other girls um, and then won the sprint from there so yeah really really happy to win the first stage of this tour and um, be in the leaders jersey tomorrow there you go so it's great but this is actually something special yeah only us have this footage. You beat me to it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm beating you to it because, Exclusive. because you got this for us. So thank Mate, you very they're, much. They're the contacts I have. He's got connections. Yes. Guys. No, uh, big thank you to Lucy yeah. from Team Bike Exchange um, for that uh, Exclusive vision. footage. How happy is she? Yeah. And I know her husband has joined her 
overseas yep. uh, okay. over there now for some time. So she is riding this massive high, and the team is. And, and as she sort of talked about the tactics, and Spratty said it as well, I think, literally that was what they planned. She would attack across the top, hopefully go away and win yep. the stage. Exactly what they planned. You can re-watch it on the Cycling Central uh, website as well. There's the highlights just of the last few kilometres. Yeah. She's killing it. Absolutely. She's killing and it. And how good yeah. does that feel when you draw a plan in a bus in the morning yeah. and then you just apply it and then results? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, they, they, are, they are riding with so much confidence. So she's got the lead well to Burgos, that is, in Spain, so up sort of north. Yeah. Beautiful part of the world, actually. Burgos cheese, by the way. If you haven't tried Burgos cheese. No, I haven't, actually. That's a oh, target I'm not sure you. where you can get it. I'll try and get it. I think you can get it here. I'll bring some in. Yeah. We've got Vuelta uh, at the back of the year, so maybe you've got a few oh, months to lead. You know? Okay, yeah, let's save it for the Vuelta. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, stage 13 tonight. We're not going to lie. It's going to be very flat. It's as flat as a pizza. Card. Yeah, pizza, <laughs> card, uh, you know, crepe, whatever you, you want it uh, to call it. But anyway, it's live on uh, SBS Viceland at 20 past nine. And it's, of course, live also uh, on SBS On Demand at quarter past eight. Honestly, flat stage. Uh, there's, th there's a quirky, there's a, there's quirky, a quirky little, there. yeah, yeah. Look, it's fairly straightforward. However, the sprint, they go under a, I think it's a rail line and it's sort of bollards, like concrete slabs, I should say, that separate and, and hold this bridge up. It narrows right down. And in one of the descriptions, they're saying who decided to put the riders through this. Yeah. So let's wait and watch and see tonight, as Christoph said, because it could be a – they're always chaos, yeah. the sprint finishes. But um, who's your tip? Uh, my tip would be either Nizzolo yeah. or I guess like I've now been persuaded on, on Viviani. Yeah. I haven't tipped yet. Viviani, uh, Nizzolo. But Nizzolo. Anyone else? Oh, no, you don't want to say. No, no, I don't want to say, actually. <laughs> I go for Nizzolo. <laughs> he's not. He's, yeah. Yeah, tipping cop, it's starting to get heated up. You know what I actually think? We all need to form a combine and go full against Robbie McEwen. Uh, we, absolutely. Robbie's just line scabbing <laughs> us here and there. Like really cheap sort of line scales yeah, too. Absolutely. Oh, okay. He's leading, I think. So anyway, yeah. I think all in all it would be a good stage. It would be would it be fast or could it be slow and then just go can I we see a breakaway to just surely break. they'll let a break yeah. go. The break will know that it will probably get caught. However, the day that Tucker Vanderhorn won yeah. on stage three, they weren't meant to survive either. So I think there'll be a break and then you know, Palatonal yeah. sprint absolutely in control. I was wondering where it was, but David Hodge says sorry, we're late. Uh, you've been present. Where are you, Hodgie? Where, where were you? Mate, where we were, were you? Looking, he was getting really annoyed. I said, listen, but no, that's good. In. That's good because yeah. he will watch the replay. So that's good. good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is the end, actually, of this podcast. So thank you for turning up, uh, David, at the end. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Maka, for coming along. Thank you. And yeah, I just want to finish. So good to have Jeff Ganae. Absolutely. A, as we've, we said, huge supporter of Australian cyclists and Australian cycling. So. Thank you once again, uh, Jeff Kenai, for coming on. Absolutely. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. All of the rides with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, 4 p.m. live tomorrow. David, 4 p.m. It's easy to remember. 4 p.m. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner, Geraint Thomas uses it. So too does Matthew van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favorite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. 
I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.